Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable, and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that centred in Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the corporate box that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the reigned off match that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Edge Baston test is you. Ooh, now, today's Dumpty Dum was sent in by the Dumpty Dummers meetup from Cocodelic in London. Lucy, can you remind our listeners how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dummer of the Week if they can be so fussed? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or play Gooseberry with Adam and Charlie. Ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices. Uh, to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. And yes, yay. And to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, Roy, we are going to have to share the back bedroom next week with Milena from Vladivostok because she's coming over. Derek's flying her over. She asked him to book her on business class, uh, but he misunderstood and he booked her as freight on Aeroflot. So she's coming over with 42 tons of frozen cod. On this week's show, we have Not Contrary, who thinks that Calypso has been recruited. Morgan Johnson, who's worried about becoming a John. Miss Alliance, who's heavy breathing. Claire from Scotland by Canada, who's making tea. Andrew Horn, who wants a round of applause for Fifi did forget that last week it was very good rosie liz who's worried about helen's future yokel bear who's warming towards the fair brethren miss mid city who thinks that helen's friends are cowards blithe spirit who thinks charlie's in a difficult position and goddess diva bringing up the rear who's despairing of helen but first before all that let's hear lucy v freeman's week in ambridge week in Ambridge was sponsored by people who would rather do other things than have sex. We started the week at home farm. When they were all here it was just like when they were little said Jenny darling. Yes the noise, the screaming, the tantrums, the tears. Brian has now been reduced to a series of hmm noises while Jenny darling helpfully points him in the direction of quiche. If you renege on that deal I will never forgive you Brian said Jenny adding that to the long list of things she has said she will never forgive Brian for and immediately has done as soon as he's waved his checkbook around. 
I could bear to lose another child to Hungary, she said melodramatically. It's not bloody Sophie's choice, Jennifer. The bull is going to be redecorated. It will no longer be a damp, dingy disaster. It will be now an open plan, breezy disaster. That'll really keep up the ambiance of a cosy country pub with a force nine gale whistling through it. We then had a short lecture on the hospitality industry in the United Kingdom, complete with pub closure figures 2014 to end of two financial year 2015. This was thankfully ended by Brian announcing he wanted a large one. Ian rang Adam on the phone when he was driving the combine down the lane, which is very tricky, trying to get a massive great thing up a really narrow gap. Anyway, he said to Ian, it's all right, I'm on a straight bit, which gives him something in common with Charlie, who it has been decided by common consensus was after Debbie. Charlie is nothing if not both open-minded and persistent, as he then asked Adam to come to the cricket at Edgbaston. We can sit together and giggle and share sweeties, Adam. Oh, your husband wants to come. Good, good. Adam further, further pissed on Charlie's romantic chips by choosing to go and eat omelette and leftover jam tarts in the stuffy hotel room with his husband while listening to Van Morrison rather than get pissed with Charlie and fight him off in a privet hedge. This left Charlie spending the evening with Brian. Nothing like hitting on a married man and ending up with his dad. We then went back to the bull again where they were still banging on about the English public house industry. Brian then chuntered away for a good 10 minutes about the wheat sheaf at Beckwell. If you don't like the wheat sheaf at Beckwell, Brian, I'll never forgive you. Who cares about the bloody wheat sheaf at Beckwell? We're struggling to envisage architectural changes to a pub we can't see as it is. Don't bring another imaginary hostelry into the mix, for God's sake. Anyway, the bull is going to become a gastric pub, apparently, with the proper chef whose culinary knowledge extends beyond Pierce film and cook on full for two minutes. Caroline is brushing up on her Italian, whoever he is. She and Oliver are sodding off to Chiantishire, leaving their hotel full of flood refugees to the tender ministrations of a lovesick former manager of a rival establishment who can't keep his clipboard to himself, backed up by a power-crazed amateur dramatics obsessive. What could possibly go wrong? Caroline is the only woman in the Western world who still actually says, yeah, yeah, showed Shula and Ian a picture of the Tuscan pad, and Shula said bewilderingly, if you were going to draw a picture of where you were going on holiday, it would look like the picture you've just shown me of where you were going on holiday. If Charlie's up for a persistence award, Toby is up for Weedler of the Year. Would you like to walk my goslings with me? Is a new one on me. Rex finally cracked, not before time, and said, stop calling me bro. And I said, thank God for that. Pip decided she would rather spend the weekend with her mum than shag Toby and have warm fizzy wine forced on her by salesmen in pointy shoes. Good for her. Meanwhile, back at home farm, Jenny Darling was saying to Brian, if you drive Adam away, I'll never forgive you. Alistair was supposed to be going to camp about at Lulworth with Danakin Skywalker while he struck poses with guns like a sort of middle class ISIS. Then he said he couldn't go because he had to do an interview. So Shula got all excited about the prospect of going instead when Dan said, um, actually, mum, it's a special rule that no women are allowed. What he didn't say was that actually, mum, it's my special rule that no women called mum are allowed. Uh, the books of Barrow Farm are being cooked and it's something I couldn't quite follow to do with cow fertility. Probably Titchy Knob propping up his fragile ego by going round impregnating cattle. I can't understand it, Charlie Barber's spreadsheet will say to Brian. All the calves are coming out calling women Little Miss Giggly, wearing cords and thinking Jeremy Clarkston's a bloody good bloke. And we ended the week at home farm again. Brian went to see his Dickensian-sounding solicitor, Mr Snootier Snarky Pants, and came back to tell Adam, entirely reasonably in my view, that rather than sitting in Brian's lap and helping himself to the contents of Brian's wallet, Adam should take some of the hit himself if he wants to turn home farm into fields of knitted muesli and vegan slippers. And if he doesn't, we'll never <laughs> forgive him, Brian. The end. I concur with you there, Freeman. What? I think it's very canny what Brian's done. And actually, yes. canny and fair. It is fair. Honestly, there's what a spoiled brat. I don't, I don't know why there's so many spoiled buggers in Ambridge. Do you not? Well, why are there? I'm sure I know more spoiled buggers on Ambridge than I know in the rest of my life. Well, I, I think I, I don't think that's actually really the case. There's two. There's one massively spoilt bugger, Kate. Mm. Uh, and then there is there is somebody who's just smarting from the fact that you know he's driven himself as close as near as damn it to bankruptcy, Kenton. 
Right, but I wouldn't call Kenton fundamentally a spoiled bugger, though he's acting like one right now. I think it's inheritance malarkey. I don't, I only know very few people who've actually, who are actually going to inherit or have inherited Hmm. sort of anything, you know, a business or a property. Well, there's, or there's, like there's, there's inheritance malarkey, then there's people who have a sense of entitlement. And Adam is definitely on that spectrum, but he's not, yeah. you know, way over to, 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 the, to the wrong end of it. But he does feel that it's his farm and his way is the right way. And I think it's quite fair for Brian, considering Brian does not agree with him. Rightly or wrongly, yeah. Brian has a different opinion, but it is actually Brian's farm. And yeah, he's and about... Brian spent the spent his entire life building the thing yeah. up. The last forty plus years, as, as he yeah. said, I think it's quite quite fair for him to say, you know what? Okay, then you are a partner in this, in in effect. Yeah, um, so bit. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to I don't really agree with what you're doing, but I'm just going to pay you, and you could you know drive the farm drive into, into the... rack, rack yeah, and ruin. Absolutely. Oh, I thought you were going to disagree with me. No, not at all. I've been feeling really mean. I thought, I thought it I was thought... incredibly fair. Yeah. What he said, I thought it was smart, fair. You take uh, if this is not going to work, you will take the hit, and because he's not going to be getting a wage, it incentivizes him to make it work. However, it works. It's going to yeah. incentivize him. And, yeah. it, and it makes him, you know, not lose sight of the profit motive. Yeah. So, you, you know, we can, you can help the land, you can help the soil by less intensive farming, but still we are actually here to make a profit. Yeah. This isn't a point scoring exercise yeah. by you to prove that you're right and I'm wrong. Exactly. I, I thought it was fair and canny and uh, couldn't see what the argument was myself. Yeah. You know, Adam's got all these principles. Well, then put them into practice. Put your money yeah. where your mouth is. Absolutely. Mm. Anyway, I enjoyed the monologue this week too. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, better than last week's. Was it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> this is. A... <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing for? I was about to give you a critique, woman. Don't give me a critique. Well, right, then I won't. Then. <laughs> Why don't we go on to the calls then? <laughs> Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary, not contrary, in Toronto. I just wanted to say that I was very pleased to hear Calypso Archibald's call in last week's Dumpty Dum episode, because it wasn't so many episodes ago that Calypso and Millie recorded a Dumpty Dum together, and at the end of that, Millie turned to Calypso and said, well, that's amazing how well you did it, because you don't listen to the archers. But clearly Calypso now does listen to the archers because she's able to comment on Brian talking to Charlie. So I wonder if Millie has been taking a leaf out of Lucy's book and kind of stealthily leaving the archers on in the corner of the kitchen and hoping that Calypso um, would sort of pick it up and become interested and maybe that's what's happened. Uh, Mary, not contrary. Yes. Uh, Millie Bell is recruiting. He, she is following my lead and adopting the Jesuit approach. Give me the child and I will give you the man. And she is forcing Calypso to listen to the archers. The Jesuits without, listen um, to the archers? No, you fool. Oh, um, okay. Well, they might do, I don't know. If we have any Jesuit listeners, make yourselves known. Um, <laughs> I doubt, well, if we ever had any Jesuit listeners, I doubt we still have after that monologue. But anyway, uh, yes. She does seem to be listening now, doesn't she? Because she made a comment. Um, it's very good. We like we like bringing in the younger listener. Very good. Wait a minute. What? I'm, I might be getting confused here. But the current Pope wasn't he a Jesuit? But I could be. I could be yes, wrong. Yes, he No, he was, wasn't he? Wasn't he brought up by Jesuits or something? Hmm. I might have to go back and, and check that out, but. If you're the Pope and you're listening, just let us know. Hi, it's Morgan from New York. On Twitter, I'm at MorganNYNY, but I don't use it as much as nearly a lot of you do. I'm a first-time caller renterer. I was introduced to the archers by my coworker Beth. Uh, her husband is British, and when she told him that she got me hooked up with the archers, he was like, really? Of all the podcasts you recommend to people, that's the one that stuck with someone? Uh, then a little over a year ago, she was excited to come to work one day and tell me about this new podcast, that I just started called Dumpty Dum. And here we are. Beth and I sent you a picture of us with our Dumpty Dum mugs in the kitchen at work. So here's why I'm calling today. 
many people really do think Pip is leaving. We know David needs help on the farm. We know Eddie can't do it. Do you think it's at all possible that David could hire Rex? I know it sounds implausible, but he is the more responsible of the two. He does already have his own business on the farm. I mean, he's already there, so he could work for David and take care of his birds. What do you think? It's just my thought. Uh, one day I want to share my thoughts with you about the road. I grew up on a farm that was cut in half by a highway, so it is a real threat. And one day I want to talk to you about becoming a John. And I wonder if being a John means the same thing in the UK as it does in the US. All right. Thanks. Bye. Morgan Johnson in New York. Could Rex work for David? That's his proposition. And could Rex be the missing link in terms of the the dairy man that David is looking for? Mm. Do you think if he comes in and he starts milking the cows, old Ruthie might take a shine to him? <laughs> Not. Lightning doesn't strike twice. Um, and they can't have... I think you might find that twice. lightning striking the same place twice isn't as statistically as rare as you might think. Right. Because lightning in and of itself clusters. Yeah, but I think shagging a dairyman twice in 10 years. <laughs> that's not a cluster. <laughs> it would be a clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but she didn't shag him though, did she? Nearly. Oh, Nearly. she came close. She did a U-turn on the bypass. That is not a euphemism. Mm. Um, uh, but d milking, dairy mm. personage, mm. it's not just something any old git can do. You actually have to be properly trained, Morgan Johnson in New York. So I'm not sure Rex, who so far his total experience has been uh, getting some geese across a road, I'm not sure that counts really as a great deal of agricultural experience. So, no, because, yeah, because they've got to do this huge performance of recruiting somebody, haven't they? They've got, mm. they've got to know all about yields and all that malarkey. It's not just a matter of sticking the sticking the, the, in, the, in the, the clusters on the, on, the, thing. on the, yeah. Mm. I know a very rude joke about that, which I'm not going to tell you. I might tell you afterwards when we're not recording anymore. Right, heavy breathing, because I've just rushed upstairs to record this. Honestly, Rob, who would go on a honeymoon to the Isle of Wight? But I think he's done it. His no fuss, no mess, quiet as possible wedding and honeymoon there in the cold and rain. Ugh! Because... His passport is confiscated. He's on bail. He can't leave the country because he's a felon. Maybe he's committed a murder. P police at the moment are digging up all sorts of patios of all sorts of ladies of a certain age, lonely ones, and he's under suspicion. What do you think? This is Miss Alliance, by the way. I just had another thought that I thought I'd share with you all. Wouldn't it be spectacularly and deliciously ironic if the much-reviled Charlie Thomas, the scion of big business, were to be the one who uncovered Titchy Nobs' dastardly plotting and dispatched him to the wilds, the back of beyond? Wouldn't that be good? Bye! Miss Alliance thinks that... She actually rang in twice, so we'll stick them together... She thinks that Rob has had his passport revoked and that that's why they ended up on the Isle of Wight. I don't think Miss Alliance, who travels very glamorously, can quite believe that anybody would willingly want to go to the Isle of Wight. She thinks the only reason anyone would go to the Isle of Wight is because they'd have to have had that passport revoked. Why on earth otherwise would you have your wedding there? Um, but it has, it has um, resonance for him, doesn't it? Because he had his childhood holidays on the Isle of Wight. Oh, Good link. Good link. Well, remember. Uh, so, yes. But anyway, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about Ellen getting married to him. I'm so depressed. When you texted me when I got back and you said, she's Mrs. Titchener, I honestly felt like jumping straight off the boat. <laughs> I just thought, oh, no. Because I was really hoping. Because I'm still pinning my hopes, you see, on Krusty. Krusty mm. being the Because Krusty... She's not Pat. Pat, who was it last week who said, 
was it? I think it was Miss Mid City who said Pat's too frightened of Helen's fragile mental state to ever challenge her, mm. and to say no, that's you took you you've lost it, girl. But Krusty now she's she doesn't care anymore. She's she's in the perfect position to tell everybody like it is because all her bridges are burnt. It doesn't matter anymore. And she's actually got the moral high ground because she feels like I can say what I bloody like because you lot have humiliated me so much. I, I, you know, I've just got a license to, to gob off about whatever I feel like. And she is a strong woman and she is, um, I think she is, she is perfectly placed to point out to Helen what is going on with Rob. And I think there will be something that Krusty will discover Helen either being, you know, physically abused or something like that by Rob and will actually be the one that saves Helen. Well, that's as maybe, but I just need to bask and crow just for a little little bit here. Basky, basky, crow, crow. Why are we basky, basky, crow, crow? I'm about to tell you. Right. Okay. It was about Wednesday last week and I talked uh -huh. to the Twitters and I said, hmm, it's all gone a little bit too quiet with Helen and Rob. They're going to come back on Friday with some big news. It's either going to be marriage or a baby. And I said, it's going to be marriage. And a few Sorry, people said... keep saying, oh, doesn't she look radiant? I keep thinking, oh, no, don't let me pregnant as well. A few people said, well, he's not quite divorced yet. And I said, and I can't remember because I, I think I did this also on Facebook as well. I said, actually, this is script writing 101. It's gone so quiet, it's going to come back with a bang. Yeah. You know, it, it was purely that, purely that. And lo and behold, I'm Mrs. Dichnar. Mm. You know, and so there you go. I'm basking and I'm crowing. If you ever needed a reason, good listener, to log on, Follow us on the Twitters. There's your reason. You it's... get the you get the inside scoops with if you follow Dum De Dum on the Twitters. We know what's going These on. Kind of near psychic insights. Mm, exactly. From Mystic Royfield. Did I tell you I'm slipping Kerry Davis? You know, uh, oh, tw oh. twenties <laughs> in a band. <laughs> <laughs> God for that. <laughs> what do you think I was slipping him? I, don't, I really didn't know. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the next call you, mucky pup? Um... Claire from Scotland via Canada here, as you've probably guessed. It was lovely meeting up with you in London and acting on Royfield's suggestion I have sung in this week's summation of Ambridge, or tried to. I can't actually remember what happened this week prior to tonight's episode. So that's all you're going to get. It is not mine, it is Leha's, it is The Merry Widow, and it's somewhere at the end of the second act, I think. Um, I haven't actually got a proper opinion. I am in the middle of reordering my nerves, which sort of resemble Mrs. Bennett's at the moment, and I'm going to make tea to sort them out shortly. So I will only add that, having been to ride, I can think of many words for it, and I remember it as being quite lovely, but I don't remember it as being romantic. That's not the first thing I think of when I think of ride. Anyway. Claire from Scotland via Canada, who said she enjoyed meeting up and is now making some tea. But I don't think she had a great deal to say about the archers, really. Uh, oh. So, hi, Claire from Scotland via Canada. I didn't get to meet you because I didn't go to the thing on Saturday, which was apparently very good, was it not, Mr Brown? Yes, it was very lovely. And uh, people met up, ate food, uh, chatted and talked about their love of all things kind of archers related. Everybody looked kind of spiffing. Uh, I turned up in a rather natty jacket and uh, shirt and tie. And uh, Andrew Horn... Uh, I've never seen you in a shirt and tie. Mm, I just thought I'd mix it up like that. And yeah. Andrew Horn uh, conducted uh, the Dum De Dum, which you heard at the start of the show. And he, everybody was lovely. I sat next to him and Dusty. Uh, there was Sarah opposite me. There was Vicky from Cambridge. Oh, and I'll tell you who we had. Guess what? Who? What? Paul Charles Wilkins brought Margaret from Upminster and Margaret remembers the very first episode of really? The Archers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was there, you know, top of the table, dispensing all manner of knowledge about the Archers. Wow. Uh, she was absolutely lovely. So it was a lovely do and everybody wants to do it again and uh, we will do it again sometime soon. Good.
Talking of uh, Mr. Horn. Hi, Dumpty Dummers. Andrew Horn here. First of all, Royfield, thank you for organising the evening last Saturday. Great fun and lovely to meet uh, some fellow Dumpty Dummers and Archers enthusiasts. That was great. Second, a request, Royfield. You're getting all the love this week. Uh, could you please do a nice big round of applause for Fifi Fanshawe's poem? Uh, it was wonderful. I was almost wetting myself. Just really, really funny and deserves a huge scriptwriter style round of applause. So hurrah for that. As for this week, I think I sort of tweeted somewhere, pip, pip, hooray. Um, glad she put Toby in her place and was true to character and didn't go all soppy. I'm sure lots of uh, caller-inners will be going on about the wedding and, oh, poor Helen, and, oh, my goodness, what's she doing? Well, yes, but she's a grown woman. Um, she, uh, she can take care of herself, or maybe she can't, but she certainly should be, and, and I'm, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for her. There have been plenty of warning signs. If she chooses to ignore them, well, uh, we'll be there to pick up the pieces, but there's nothing we can do. Anyway, the one I do feel a bit sorry for is Adam. Brian's new plan, very interesting in, in a way. The, the principle of getting Adam to put some, to use the horrible phrase, skin in the game, that's fine. I just think completely withdrawing his salary is just so draconian uh fine maybe to say move a portion to um payment by by rewards but to be to take away all his money that's just well it's just a it's not practical and b it's just downright wrong uh, and i'm sure uh, goddess diva and yokel bear will be um knocking on his door and representing him in front of brian and putting brian in his place and i look forward to that scene um, that would be quite good fun, actually, for any script writers out there. It's Goddess Diva and Yokel Bear taking on Brian um, for a future episode, maybe. He says Brian should not take away all Adam's money. This really surprises me because Andrew Horn is a proper businessman mm. doing the deals and all that sort of, damn it, Brian, stuff. And I... Uh, he would be, he would, Andrew Horn would be chair of the BL board. That's what Andrew Horn would be if he was mm -hmm. on the Archers. And he says that it's unfair. He said you can't Wouldn't suddenly... Wouldn't he be the head chorister down at St Stephen's? No, that's too wishy-washy. He's a bit chorister, mm. but he's 90% business. business. Yes. Um, he said you can't suddenly... Classic C of E material, then. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalist vicar. Um, he said you can't just suddenly whip someone's salary away from them. I mean, even t t in terms of... Oh, no, hang on. Do they have a mortgage? Oh, at the moment, they don't have anything because they don't have anywhere to live, do they? I'm just thinking about how Ian your mortgage would work. Yeah. Where do don't they let live? me guess. I, do, they, do they live in some bloody cottage that... They live in a cottage Dad's donated I, to... I really can't remember, but... No, they bought. No, they bought. Um, oh, whose cottage did they buy? Because Lillian was trying to help them. Do I it can't up, remember. Dear listener, please put us out of our misery and tell yeah. us. Call in next week and tell us. But anyway, your point. Which is that, it, I think, despite my 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 tub thumping about about inheritance, I, it probably is a little bit much to suddenly yank someone's salary. I mean, halve the salary or whatever. And say half of it, right? You've got half of it, and the rest of it you're going to have to. No, but you could have some kind of ramping up period to it. Yeah. Know? But I think the the fundamental principle of what Brian said, I think, is incredibly fair. You yeah. are going to run this farm in a way which I disagree with. However, I believe enough in you that I'm going to give you a go. You yeah. know, but I'm just going to make you, um, you know, accountable. Mm. you know for the profit and loss yeah. what's wrong with that yeah you know what is wrong with that he yeah. you know if he didn't believe he was a decent farmer he would just he'd say no yeah but he's you know he's built up this business for 40 years and he questions the direction but not enough to say f off no mm. he said i'm i'm giving you your wings adam go mm. for it yeah you know but i take the point to a degree that if you are on for argument's sake uh, I don't know what Adam might be on. Let's say he's on 60 to 80k a year, right? Let's just say uh, that um, maybe what you have to say is that, okay, in, in the first month, it's 
80% wage, 20% profit or whatever. So there's some kind of, and then, and then you know, there's, a, what I forget exactly what the expression is, an elevator or a ramp, whatever. And then after 12 months, he's, he's, on, he's on pure, pure it profit. out, yeah. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, because you know, obviously he will have financial commitments, his mortgage and his this and his that. And his... There is an element of of uh, vindictiveness, though, in Brian doing this, isn't there? There is a slight... You can hear... Really? Because I can hear a slight level of glee in this. Very, very slight. Just because he's saying... It's the, it's the old silverback thing, isn't it? He's having a last beat of his chest and he's saying, yes, all right, young un, you think you can come along and take... You think you can do better. I'm just reminding you who is actually in charge. But it's his farm. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I no, I agree with you. But and Brian, I, and, there and is I a little think, tiny bit of Brian that look, is doing this not for just purely business-like reasons. But we, we talked about this last week, and the truth of the matter is is that when you look at their relationship, Adam is much more frosty towards mm. Brian and Brian is towards Adam. Yeah. There is no great massive love in between them. No. no. Granted. But when you boil it down, Brian is actually much more trusting of Adam than it is yeah. vice versa. Much yeah. more. Much yeah. more. And Adam has come back into the village with a sense of entitlement and with... You know, he was kind of eco-warrior writ large when he came back from Africa, wasn't he, about sustainable yeah. farming? Yeah. Which I'm all up for, says the city boy, who's n he's never done one hour's <laughs> worth of work on a farm in my whole Have life. Have you never but harvested any cows or anything? Harvest a cow? <laughs> exactly. No, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, that to me does seem to be right in terms of, you know, you are a custodian of the land and, you you know, you can't exhaust the soil, which is what he said is happening and the topsoil has been exposed by the flood and it was already ropey anyway. That all sounds fine to me. But mm. still, they have commercial contracts that, that, that they need to uh, fulfil. They have people under their employ uh, and a balance needs to be made between the sustainability of farming and actually turning a profit. Mm. And all, yeah. all Brian's saying to him is, you find that balance. Yeah. You know, he, it, from Brian's perspective, he thinks Adam's going too far in one direction. But he's saying, you know what, prove me wrong. Prove yeah. me wrong. I yeah. can't see anything wrong with it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's at Rosie underscore Liz from Twitter here, coming to you from the vicinity of Prado. I haven't listened to the Archers in ages, so I just thought I'd get caught up and listen to today's episode. Um, obviously, the big news, Heather and Rob just got married. Besides the fact that Tony and Pat obviously weren't at the wedding, there's just something so undeniably creepy about their relationship, which obviously is something that has been said before. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Bye, everyone. The only way I can see it going is she's going to cut herself off from all of her family, 
and he's just constantly chipping away at his self-esteem and I'm not particularly worried for Henry um, because it does seem that Rob genuinely cares for him. I guess you could say that the, the marriage was extremely romantic, um, you know, the idea of kind of running away to an island together and doing it spare of the moment. I mean, it's a shame their family wasn't there, um, but that's something I can kind of um, get over. It's just bought a lovely t-shirt on your website as part of my um, post drinks internet shopping which always seems to happen so I can't wait for that to arrive and I should be sporting that around Prudhoe sometime soon. Bye! Uh, Rosie underscore Liz mm. um, has been doing some drunken shopping and bought one of our t-shirts <laughs> and we highly recommend drinking a couple of bottles of wine and going on our shop it's an excellent way of whiling away uh you know uh, a couple of hours before you collapse into bed or wake up in a hedge with a cold kebab in your pocket um <laughs> and it's much better than going on amazon because it's not going to be something like you're going to suddenly find a you know scuba diving gear arriving three days later and think what the hell was that at least you'll be able to actually do something with one of our t-shirts or a tea towel or similar so yes carry on with the alcoholic shopping rosie underscore list um she also says that she's finding the rob storyline unbearable unbearably creepy um as is miss mid city um who said the way Helen was talking about it, it's like a fairy tale wedding. It sounds more like a sort of a grim, grim fairy tale with the emphasis on the grim. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there is going to be a big breakdown of this, but I mean, this could go on for years, couldn't it? Mm. This marriage, this this situation. Well, the marriage could go on for years, but I mean, but, I've been but... I've prophesizing things unraveling for bloody months now, haven't I? And nothing has sodding unraveled. He's like Teflon; everything just slips straight off him again. Well, it it doesn't though, does it? And and I think the thing is, and I said this many months ago, and then people got the wrong end of the stick the way that I was trying to explain the whole Rob thing is that with the, if you take Charlie to one side. Rob's misdemeanors in the art, uh, and now David to one side, and the, and the kind of the culvert gate, um, I think, had happened after I made this observation. That if you view Rob's misdemeanors in the eyes of everybody else, they are not sufficiently great for them to say he's an evil bastard, we need to get yeah. the pitchforks and run him out yes. of town. Yeah. They're not. No. Us as the listeners, we've, yeah. we've put it all together. Yeah. So, you, so it's understandable. Yeah. that from Helen's point of view, considering that Helen did have her doubts, but Helen just wants to be loved and she wants yeah. to be in a traditional family unit with Henry. Yeah. That um, she had her doubts and all of a sudden her biggest doubt was obviously about the paternity of uh, Jesse's baby. Though she said, of course, I believe you, I believe you. Yeah. She, she kind of thought she didn't yeah. really. No. She didn't. No. And he turned out that he wasn't the father, vindicated that has now given him carte blanche to completely gaslight and, you know, and, and just be the evil, controlling, manipulative bastard that we all know him to be. But however, I completely disagree with Miss City that it's not a case of, uh, if you are Pat, what actually has Rob done wrong? And, and mm -hmm. in fact, to some degree, he's, he was a hero in the flood. Yes, mm. we know that he, you know, he, he was kind of, he lost like his Helen rag with Auntie yeah. Christine and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you could even spin it that he was somewhat of a hero. What If you are Pat, what has this man done yeah. wrong? Yeah, yeah. It's not even like she, it's not even like Helen is expressing any doubt about any of this to anybody no. else. And he's then being persuaded into it by Rob. Helen, it, Rob is offering Helen suicidal courses to take and she is leaping on them enthusiastically. Mm. And that's the worst thing. Mm. But that's proper gaslighting. That's making you think, that's making the person think they are coming to that conclusion themselves. And it's their own inadequacies that are leading them to, to end up in that situation. And it's, it's an absolute you know just a classic situation and so beautifully done which is why it's creating so yeah, much no, that's, that's what angst. It's, it's a brilliant storyline yeah you know that yeah. yes he's yes he is a villain but um his you know his villainous traits are not so manifest yeah. in the eyes of people in, in average with the yeah. exception of charlie who's yeah. got a black book 
you know, yeah. dossier of crimes of rob. <laughs> <laughs> you know. He even got cross when he was late for the cricket, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, nice of you today. You know, he's really, he's just, everything Rob does, he's just like, get, before he's done anything, mm. which is quite nice. I'm, but, I'm rapidly becoming Team Charlie, purely on that front. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blythe Spirit calling. Well, Helen's gone and done it, hasn't she? She is now officially Mrs Titchy Knob. I think she's made her bed. She's going to have to lie in it. Things are going to get very dark and sinister in Ambridge over the coming weeks because... Now she's signed on the line. There ain't no getting out of it. And it's going to be a long, downhill, awful, awful thing to witness. Um, Scriptwriters obviously playing a long game with this one. They have, they've decided not to save her at the, at the last minute. She's, she's going to have to go all the way through it. And she might even not come out the other side. Who knows? Meanwhile, Charlie, well, he's in a very difficult position because he suspects very strongly that Robber's been up to something with Stefan and the Culvert and that business but now he also sus suspects that he's been cooking the books and if he attempts to try and pin something on Rob it's going to be extremely difficult because Rob will just try and pin something on him because he knows about Charlie and Adam and that snog in the bushes oh dear it's an unholy mess isn't it I have to say I'm not really looking forward to the coming weeks I think it's going to be quite difficult listening but there you go that's all I've got to say this week I hope you had a wonderful time at Cocodelic in your meet-up and you had lots of wine and lots of fun. And hopefully, Lucy, you had a lovely holiday in your barge and you survived that too. Hi, Dumpty Dum, Goddess Diva here. And I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week. Natch, it's about Titchy Knob. You fucking asshole control freak. How fucking much of a control freak do you have to be to have gone to the Isle of Wight previously, got an intent to marry, taken Helen over and marrying her, and Helen... Seriously, love, I've been your main, main defender for so long, saying it's not that you're stupid, but really, has he got you that badly that you thought that him surprising a wedding on you was romantic? It's not. It's really not. And now I'm going to have to spend my entire life thinking of new and interesting ways for Tichinov to die. Today, I would like him to burn himself on apple crumble that was too hot and get infected and then try and wash it off in the sea to make it clean again and then get bitten by some horrible bacteria and die of something flesh-eating and painful. That's today how I would like Titchinob to die. There has got to be a comeuppance somewhere. There really has. I don't know if I can cope with years and years of Helen being married to him. I'm not sure that my nerves will take it. Hi, it's Miss Mid-City with my thoughts on Helen and Rob getting married. I'm not going to rant. It was inevitable they would marry. This is a fairy tale for Helen. She's getting what she wished for. And as ever, as the aphorism says, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. So fairy tale romance for her without the big fanfare to just decide that it's going to be a very private thing. And uh, the only people who really matter in the whole business of the two getting married. So um, it's nice to do it that way, I think. But I don't think it's going to have a fairy tale ending. Don't know how it's going to end. Um, it might survive, like her mum and dad's marriage, or like Brian and Jennifer's marriage. Or there's a chance it could end in an early death for one of them, like Nigel and Elizabeth's marriage, or Shula and Mark's marriage. It's just a shame that her friends and family were too cowardly to stop her getting involved with this guy to the extent that she has got involved. Um, it's just a shame that they didn't stop her. Um, but then having said that, I reckon she'd have gone ahead and done it anyway. But I, like a lot of people, I'm going to just sit back and wait for it all to go horribly wrong. I've come full circle with this. It's inevitable but then i'm quite hoping to be proved wrong lucy yes on friday yeah when the wedding was announced on the twitters so many people said that's it right they're, they're rounding up a, a posse of, of, <laughs> of people you know to, you know they're leading some witch hunt you know for, for mr titchener you know pitch you're forks. new around here ain't you <laughs> pitchforks <laughs> were, were, were got Burning, burning torches yeah. were lit, and people we were, come in, were being assembled. And you know what we decided to do? What? Uh, print up some tea towels. <laughs> <laughs> so many people said, "I'm so angry. Where can I get myself a dumpy dum tea towel?" <laughs> 
So we, oh, we, that is the most English response to conflict absolutely. I've ever. I need a tea towel. <laughs> <laughs> so we we need you to come up with some so there's pith, the French pithy phrases. To the barricades, and we're going to the draining board. <laughs> It did not make me giggle. Somebody tweeted. Somebody tweeted. I'm so angry about Rob Digital. Where can I get myself a dumpty dum tea towel? <laughs> so what did they say? Our tea towels. Um, I just, you didn't hear me. I said I need you to come up with a pithy phrase to oh, put sorry. on these tea towels. Yes, anti Rob Titchener tea towels because okay. people want to buy them. We could have free the Ambridge one and get Helen out. Oh, um, we've got one last Corley call, mm. uh, which is Yokel Bear, who very much enjoyed the do 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 EastEnders uh, We're Married bit. Hello, Dumb Stum. It's Yokel Bear here calling from Yokel Land. What a week, what a week. Ended on a bit of an EastEnders moment, didn't it? Dum, dum, da, da, dum. With the marriage. Didn't see it coming. Rob thinks that this is it, this is it, he's managed to get his claws in, he's got his feet under the table, and it's all legal and above board, not realising there's all these little things still going on, Culvert Gate, I think that's going to come back, the fertility cow spreadsheety missing data stuff... Because I think Charlie's really tenacious. I think I've said this before. It's really kind of folk. So I don't think he's going give to give that one up. I think he's going to keep digging until he's found it out. And incidentally, I've got to say, I do like a man who can handle big data and knows his way around a spreadsheet. I am definitely team Charlie. Well, you knew that anyway. Slightly obsessed, actually, but there you go. The other thing is that I've really enjoyed the Fair Brethren this week. Um, they're great. I just, I've really warmed to them. I just think they're great entertainment. But the thing I love about it most is Hootie Jill. She's reacting to them like some ancient curse has come back to the village. And I love the fact that she's mildly perturbed about it all the time. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good week. I can't wait to find out what the reactions are to Rob getting married to Helen. And also, as well, just Helen, God, I've, I mean, it's been said a hundred times before. What are you thinking? And I, I'm loving Jill as well, the ancient curse of the fair brethren. <laughs> Every time they're mentioned, I don't know how she puts... A complete sort of it's a sort of a foideur, a I sound like Linda appears in the conversation every time there's a sorry uh, putting a what a frost frostiness oh okay anytime anyone Toby everyone every time anybody says Toby or Rex whatever there's like you can feel I don't know how she does it because it's salad but you can feel Jill's shoulders stiffening it's hilarious she doesn't even have to say anything mm. and then she's just this tiny too much of a pause and she says I see. Um, against my better will and judgment, I'm going to have a, the, the briefs of brief little segues. But what was that word you just said? Froideur. Froideur. Um, History of English podcasts, which I've said before is the most excellent podcast. Oh, yes, people have been going on it, haven't they? Yes. Yes, Sorry, yes, yes. yes. Um, but it's now got to 1066 with the Norman invasion. And... Interestingly, what is done this week on the very latest one is the words which have come from Norman French into English as opposed to kind of standard French words. And there's this kind of loop between, obviously the Normans are called the Normans because they're, they're the Northmen, so they were the Vikings that went to what's now known as Normandy. And the word crotchet and croquet are corrupted words from Old Norse, which went uh, to Old uh, Norman French and then into English. Oh. So it just made me think when you said Fradeur. So um, History of English, Kevin Stroud, it's very, very good. I'll say no more. Lovely. I might have a listen to that. Right. Um, shall we have a quick break and then come back the other side with a touch of Millie Bell and then some tweets of the week? Yes. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, 
Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my house, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. Hope House started off as an eight-bed unit in Maida Vale, and um, we're an all-women unit. I had read an article about Hope House some months before, and when I read about it, what I read or what I took away from the article was that this was a place where women worked to help other women. Coming soon to iTunes, 1001 Conversations, a new podcast from Royfield Brown. Good day, everyone, and thank you to everyone who contributed to our Facebook page this week. We asked you for your initial reactions to the advice that Brian had received, and Kate Nichols said, could they have found anyone posher? And I think Brian's harumph is soon going to be as renowned as Linda's sniff. Uh, Nicholas Barnes said, I haven't listened yet, and so I will assume that the advice was keep rubbing the cream on. (laughs) Andrew Horn says, he needs to chill. I prescribe a dose of opera. Black Me is on at Opera Holland Park tonight if he wants to join me. Diane Telford says, if he wants Rory to become a farmer, Stop sending him to boarding school and get him working on the farm. So are Adam and Debbie not beneficiaries of his will as only step sprigs? That's much harder to say than you would think, Diane. Uh, Andrea Manning said, my thoughts were, he is using this as an excuse to renege on his deal with Jenny that he would allow her children to inherit in return for her raising his bastard son. Now that the unspellable one is at boarding school and doesn't need much childcare, he feels able to go back on the deal as he has most of the benefit from it but not paid out. My question is, can he change the will behind Jenny's back to favour my son and cut out her children? Vicky Berry said, when Rory did used to speak a few years ago, I swear he sounded just like a Dalek. And Peter Mabbott said, an unconscious desire to push Adam out of the fold and pack him off to Hungary. But how on earth will Rory take over the farm as he is apparently mute? Uh, We had some really nice photographs on our page this week. We had a fantastic photograph of Royfield who was showing us that he is uh, using the Sarah Smith cloths and obviously enjoying using them, finding them useful. And there is the most gorgeous photograph of Witherspoon who is on the move in Bonnie, Scotland and has our Dumpty Dum t-shirt on. Lovely to have you on our page with a spoon. And we also said this Rob and Helen thing, it's just gone too quiet for us. Now, this obviously predates Friday's episode. What's up? What will the next development be? And has anyone got any ideas or clever insight? It's interesting that most of you thought they'd got married. So well done. Someone, although a couple of you did think of negative storylines, like someone got pushed off the ferry, she might be up the duff, um, has he been violent to her on the trip? But we now know, of course, that they did get married. So thank you, everyone, for your contributions this week. Um, I'm trying to be a bit more circumspect because it's become clear to me that Royfield does not listen to my segment before he edits it otherwise he wouldn't have repeated half of what I said last week so I'm going to try not to put up things that he may want to say <laughs> so have a great week everybody P- please continue to uh, enjoy uh, conversing with us on Facebook page we love hearing from you one and all and if I don't see you on Facebook I will see you on our website Hooroo. thank you Millie Bell um, Lucy, mm-hmm. 
What were the best, the funniest, the wittiest tweets in the last seven days that have hashtag the archers somewhere in their tweetiness? <laughs> Emma Garfit said there was this revolting scene with Rob and Helen in bed after the wedding. Uh, and uh, Rob said, there's time for me to give you a little something to remember me by. And she said, you said it, Rob. <laughs> uh, Jill Stratfield said, this is a bit, oh dear, yes, bit of a continuity-ish there. Um, Jill Stratfield said, Ian knows so little about cricket, he didn't notice there was no play on Saturday. <laughs> yes. I don't know what. Don't know what Ian was watching, but anyway, probably did they probably actually CBeebies. did they actually say Saturday or did they say yesterday? I don't know because it was the whole big thing that they're going to Edgebaston. Mm. But I, I I actually missed if he actually said oh so so we watched the cricket on Saturday and of course there was no cricket. Uh, Christine Michael said Toby should ask Lillian out. She owns property and she likes drinking in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claire Doherty said, I wouldn't be surprised if Charlie has been doing some rummaging behind the wings. His favourite kind of rummaging. Yes, I imagine Charlie would have a favourite kind of <laughs> rummaging, to be honest. And um, so Duckling Tuft imagined the conversation uh, between um, uh, Debbie and Adam when she said to him as they were driving back to the airport, you know, so how long has it been going on with what's going on with you and Charlie? Mm. And uh, he said, it's just, it's just you seem to have a stonking erection every time Charlie's <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> nice use of the word stonking there <laughs> it's a duckling yes <laughs> and that's it that was the tweet of the week by the way oh can I do a post yeah as a post alright cool so this is good Lucy is it yeah because okay. uh, we're at the end and we've okay. proved that we can be uh, we can run a tight ship when it comes to our blathering about Ambridge and the archers Lucy yep dumdydum.com is awesome and to have a sample of his awesomeness why don't you and you good listener log on to read cosmos podcast summaries and where you can comment on the shows because you can do that on dumdydum.com now oh and on the forum you can join the debate on rob and helen in wedded bliss and we had a message just today on monday where from landless gentry who commented Yep, I reckon Rob forged slash lied about the paternity test and is ferreting. Sounds more appropriate than squirrelling for Ambridge. Away the money from the <laughs> cow factory to pay the maintenance to the ex-wife. Or is she the ex-wife? Maybe the divorce wasn't real either. Mm. Bigamy! They've all got it. Infamy. <laughs> Infamy, you fool! <laughs> I know! But weirdly, I thought exactly the same thing. Um... No. But yes, I wonder if that's it. No, because he's had the letter and she's seen it. Bugger. Mm, Bugger exactly. me. Bugger me, no bigger me. That's annoying. Mm. <sighs> we you... are desperate to catch him out, aren't we? We really are. And we will. And it's Charlie. He's just yep. compiling that dossier. And Krusty. Mm. And also, we forgot to say about, you know, the supposed, well, not supposed, the actual uh, plus points of Rob Titcher, the hero, Cricket. Yeah, you know. but he's just doing that thing, isn't he, where he's not playing by the rules. It's interesting, you know, um, I did a course recently. Sorry, I know this sounds like I'm going off, but I'm not exactly going off. I did a course recently about... Mm. Um, it's How to, to do with friends and influence people. No, um, it was to do with... I'm, um, How to a be tied with monologues. Shut up! I am a school governor, and it was to do with aspects of governing to do with mm. safeguarding children and one of the aspects was um profiles of uh people who are predatory in one way or another mm -hmm. and one of the things was that you have to watch out for is people who say i'm a maverick i don't play by the rules because that's a sign of uh somebody who's narcissistic and who believes that they don't have to be like anybody else or everybody else and Rob will always bend the rules. So when he's told to be at the cricket at nine o'clock, he doesn't get there until 20 past nine and says, well, I've still got time. And when he is told to do things a certain way, he does them slightly differently. And it's a, it's one of the signs of a sociopath. Very interesting, that. 
let's deal with that in two parts. Number one, you being a school governor, mm-hmm. uh, this week's This American Life, you've got to listen to it about okay. a failing school board in St. Louis. Okay. And, um, and actually, the ramifications of it are that um, St. Louis um, had to institute, uh, in effect, desegregation. Really? Obviously, in the 1950s, there was Brown versus, I forget where, but um, basically, um, schools in America were desegregated, officially desegregated. And this happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and actually is now being turned back, but it's a demographic uh, yeah. segregation. So it's not official, mm. but there are schools, and the same similar thing is happening in the UK. There are schools which are predominantly white, predominantly ethnic, predominantly mm. Asian, etc. Mm. And why this was really interesting, this only happened a couple of years ago, but this school board, after 15 years of being failing, the state gave up on it and said, that's it. Um, you are you have failed instead of being on probation so you have um, a quarter of all the school kids in the school board decided to leave because uh, they were given the option to leave and go to another school board now because this, when this is the, the rule of the of the state they put in the caveat that they would then decide where which school board these kids could go to mm. but they never thought this was ever going to be actioned and they basically said uh, it's 30 miles down the road to make it difficult for them. But a quarter of all the kids still left the school board and travelled the 30 miles. And these predominantly were black kids going to a predominantly white uh, school board. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely fascinating. And you as a governor should listen to it. Okay. And you, good listener, because it's a brilliant bit of, of radio. Absolutely fascinating, and understanding the, um, the every side of the story and why the school system actually failed. And there's so many parallels for us actually here in the UK. There's that. And then what was the second point? I don't know. Good God. Let's let's crack on then. Don't forget <laughs> to go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash dumdydum where you can support the show for £2, which is mm, about £1.30. For two dollars, which is one pound thirty. There you go. And you can also donate to the show by going to our site and hitting that donate button. I had come to the end because I did the thing about him doing the cricket, and then I went on to this American life. All oh, right. Okay. Good. Whew, I'm not losing me marbles. Um, so that's it. Dumpty Dum is over. Remember, you can also go to dumptydum.com, which we did mention before, to buy stuff like Rosie Cross, who did it drunk. Samantha Pollard, who looked great on the Twitters in her T-shirt. Sarah Amanda Hydes. Jan Mitchell. Stephen Porter. Claire Doty. And. (laughs) Thank you to Muran on the Twitters for posting a lovely cup of a, a lovely cup of herself sipping gin out of a tea picture. Oh, you could just put that. Think of that as a jigsaw sentence. Put it together again in the right order. Muir Ann on the Twitters for posting a lovely pic of herself sipping gin at I know. Her... I got it the wrong way around. Yes. Mm, okay. Yep. Smashing. Order of John Archer news. Uh, we have some applications which we are sending up to Lord Netherborn to be approved. But if you want to also apply to become John the Ninth, log on to dumdydum.com and look at the forum and post your application there. And next week we will hand out the knighthoods that have been approved on the show. Remember to get in contact with us and you can send us a voicemail message via SpeakPipe on our site or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. Or you can find us on the Twitters where we're at dumdydum or you can tweet me where I'm at Royfield. Uh, tweet me at Lucy V Freeman or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. And also Sarah has been writing some blogs which have now go, gone up on the Sarah Smith uh, website and are being retweeted um, through Dumpty Dum. So have a read because they're funny, particularly if you have small children and are involved with the PTA in any way. They may uh, make you cringe with recognition. Cool. Um, I tried out a Sarah Smith cloth the other day. Did you? I saw the picture. It really worked really well. It really did. 
how can a cloth not work well, really? Uh, no, these work, like... these work even better than ordinary okay. cloths. Come on. Well, the good thing about them is that you can wash them. Mm, yes. And they look like little works of art. They look, they're really pretty after you've actually like scrubbed a pot with them, you know, in the little, <laughs> the, the little patterns and everything. So I, I highly recommend our sponsors' wares. And yes. they haven't just paid me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you call your mum mumsy? Yeah. Uh, one minute, Lucy. What, what's up, mum? Yeah, yeah. Just finished the show. Yeah, yeah. Can you put the kettle on for us? Oh, mum. Yeah, yeah, I'll come down in a minute. We, we literally just finished. Yeah, I call a, I call a mumsy uh, a mummy yacker as well. Mummy yacker? Mm. Oh, mummy san, as in, you know, like Japanese. <laughs> Japanese yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah though, uh, mummy yacker's probably dying out now, though. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call your mum? Ma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My show- <laughs> My children call me the mothership. <laughs> Brilliant. I like that. <laughs> when I when I grab William to give him my cuddle, he says, No, I'm in the tractor beam of the mothership, he says, and does this theatrical sort of B-movie type, must get away, uh, uh, sort of overacting, which makes me laugh. Uh, I bet Simon likes to dock with the mothership. <laughs> <laughs> His docking apparatus is coming in. <laughs> Beam mm. me up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 